0: In the 21st century Moving Iron Podcast, Tax News with Glenn Burnbaum. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by Dawson Tire & Will, your premier ag tire & will provider in North America helping people grow. Tractor Zoom delivering insights and dry shod boots, the official work boot of the Moving Iron Podcast. Glenn is a CPA with Sickich, and uh, he has come on again to talk about what's going on out there in the world of PPP and also kind of break down a little bit of what the uh, ag sector is is going to get out of this uh, $9 billion that the uh, the House and the Senate has sent to President Trump to be signed. So, Glenn, how are you doing this morning, man?
1: Good, Casey. Hanging in there. Um, so, yeah, we always want to timestamp these. It's a little after 8 a.m. Central on Wednesday, December 23rd, and as you alluded to, this bill has been passed by both the Senate and the House, but uh, the President has not signed it, and he's actually threatened to veto certain parts of it, so we will have to put that disclaimer on some of our discussion here. But we wanted to talk about this because there's some pretty pretty big news um, regarding PPP in particular. So
0: Okay. All right, so lots of stuff has happened with PPP over the last, since we talked last, about a couple weeks ago. Um, the taxability issue with the PPP loan has come out and, and kind of been Somewhat finalized. So, talk about that a little bit and the implications you see there, Glenn.
1: Yeah, that's probably one of the biggest things that's in this bill is this. Um, you know, the, the the PPP money would be tax free basically. Um, so, back on November eighteenth, the IRS had issued what's called a revenue ruling that said, "Well, yeah, the PPP money, the grant, the income is it's not taxable when it's forgiven." But we're going to say that the expenses aren't deductible, you know, so the wages and things that you paid, you know, with the PPP loan, we're going to say those aren't deductible. So that would mean that the PPP money was taxable. So Congress said, hey, that wasn't the intent. And so they have in this bill that the expenses that you pay with, you know, PPP money will be tax deductible. So... So that makes the loan tax free and then they even address kind of a little more detailed issue with what's what's called a basis increase for like an S corporation or a partnership that you get a, you get a basis increase cuz otherwise when you eventually would pay this cash out you know which could be you know next year it could be 20 years down the road you know when you liquidate you would you would have it you'd actually have it be taxed as a capital gain uh, down the road so they even fix that little hurdle as well so Bottom line here is that the Congress has fixed this, and again, assuming the President signs it, such that the PPP money would be tax-free as as it was originally intended.
0: Okay, so I have a question on that topic. So, so we have we do lean searches on trade-ins that come in, right? And we to make sure there's no you know outstanding yeah. crazy things that's going to pop up and bite us. And there is a, a whole new kind of lien search that came up from that for for uh, growers and ranchers that got. Uh, PPP loans and what that looks like so is that is that kind of what you're talking about there is that a good example of that
1: yeah I mean once you know once those loans are you know taken off the books you know I think is what you're saying you know Mm -hmm. which you know will be a while the ASBA hasn't really approved a lot of those Um, but yeah when those loans you know get get forgiven and, and what the IRS said was you know hey it really doesn't matter when you actually you know file for forgiveness it's just you know, originally what they said was that hey, it's going to be taxable in twenty twenty. Bottom yeah. line, doesn't matter. You you can't wait until twenty twenty one to file for forgiveness. So that was our concern right up until this. You know, this bill got passed this week that takes that off the table. And, and Congress says, that, hey, no, our intent was this PPP money would be tax free. Right. So There's that's, a that's kind of a blanket
0: lien thing that got tossed over their equipment because of that. So there is a whole other level of mess there because of that. So, um, all right. So changes in PPP, you kind of hit on that a little bit. Is there anything else you want to throw on top of that when we start looking yeah. at the stuff that's going there?
1: So the probably the biggest thing is that if you have an under $150,000 PPP loan, um, which is a bunch of loans, I think it's at least three and a half million out of the you know five million loans, um, there is going to be this new one-page form which has not, you know, not been developed yet, but it's pretty much that rubber stamp concept that, you know, you're only going to have to provide like what the loan amount was. You're going to have to provide your estimate of the number of employees that were retained and then an estimate of the amount you spent on payroll and that's it. Um, so it's going to be, you know, no documentation needs to be provided. So it's, but it's going to be 24 days according to the bill, um, that the, you know, the SBA has to, to re, redo this form. So that's probably the biggest thing that is if you're under 150000 loan, there's going to be an even simpler process to apply for forgiveness.
0: Okay. Well, that's good. Make it easy. You, yep. you don't get that very often. No. no. Nope. <clears throat> All right. All right. Now, part of this new uh, $900 billion that came out, um, there's another PPP draw that you can get in a second drawing that you can that you can yeah. apply for so I guess looking at that compared to what we've already have I mean how much difference is it and is there more stipulations to start out of the gate for the second one than there was for the first one
1: yeah there's definitely a few more stipulations and again this is you know kind of the second bite at the apple kind of concept so probably the biggest thing is that there's going to need to be a 25% reduction at least a 25% reduction in your Quarterly revenues. So, but you can, but it can be kind of any quarter. So, you know, let's if your second quarter 2020, which, you know, might be the most common quarter that you might have had a revenue decline, you know, for most businesses, you know, certainly ag could always be the exception to that, depending on when you sold the grain and that. But, but if you have a 25% decline in your second quarter 2020 revenues as compared to your second quarter 2019 revenues, then you, you know, that'd be you'd be okay, you'd be eligible for this. But it can be any quarter um, in 2020. Um, The other thing they did is they made it 300 employees, a maximum instead of 500. So that's, um, you know, trying to go for a little bit smaller companies. They are open up to um, some other types of nonprofits like uh, chambers of commerce and economic development type organizations. Mm Um so that's that's a change uh, they now they're very clearly saying, hey, no publicly traded companies you know those aren't eligible um, but the essence of it you know, it's still it's still based on two and a half times your monthly payroll that's still the loan amount um, except for restaurants and hotels and so restaurants and hotels it's going to be three and a half times your monthly payroll so they're they're making a a better deal for those types of businesses
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, other than that, there is still going to be the sixty percent requirement that you got to use that money on payroll. Um, the period is going to be—they're going to basically extend it until March thirty-first, twenty twenty-one. So you know that's how long we'll have to apply, uh, unless the money runs out before then. And then the overall limit um, originally was actually was ten million dollars, quite a high limit, for the loan size, and they—the limit is would now be two million dollars. So those are probably the biggest changes on on PPP. all.
0: there is some, they put a few more uh, stipulations in place there to more well define what what was going to happen with the, who's going to get what. So, All right. One of the big things that you talked about on a tweet, maybe last week was how the provisions for the PPP loan on, for farmers uh, switched from gross uh, to net and what that looked like. So there's some, it's a pretty big deal when you start looking at it. And uh, I guess as you take a look at that, how much impact do you think that's going to have on, on, on farmers and what they decide to do with uh, maybe going down the road with some of these PPP loans?
1: Yeah. So this, you know, it's a, it's definitely a big change, but there's an overall cap on this. So this is for us, you know, basically your, say your schedule, a farmer, your sole proprietor farmer that, and just to keep it simple, that doesn't have any employees, you you previously you had a PPP loan that was based on 20.833 uh, percent that's two and a half divided by 12 but 20.833 uh, percent of your net schedule F income on 2019 you know so basically you know you kind of looked back what was your 2019 schedule F you took that times so, you know basically 20 percent and so if you didn't have much net farm income you know, you, you know, if you only had $10,000 of Schedule F income, you know, you only got roughly a $2,000 PPP loan. Well, what they did is in this new law, they said, hey, no, we're going to make it 20% of your Schedule F gross receipts. So, you, know, you might think, wow, that's, that's a big number. Well, but it's still limited, okay? So, you're only going to get a maximum loan of $20,000, 20833 to be exact. So, if you at least had hundred thousand dollars of gross receipts on your Schedule F, which you know any, most any farmer that I know has at least hundred thousand dollars of gross receipts, you're going to get a maximum loan of twenty grand. So, you know, if you only got a two thousand dollar loan originally, you could get that extra eighteen thousand dollars. Um, kind of re- go back to the bank and request a larger loan. So, you know, how many people will do that? Uh, how what's the process going to be? You know, it's probably going to take a little while to to make that happen. Um, but all this the main reason they put this in is because in my example let's say you had $10,000 on your Schedule F but you might have had $90,000 gain on your 4797 form and that's as a result of trading off equipment right mm-hmm. and so in total that farmer's income might have been $100,000 but on Schedule F it was only 10000 so that's why they tried to put it in there is to to, to maybe try to equalize that a bit but Anyway, so that's you know, is it worth it? You know, um, certainly if it's maybe only a thousand or two 000 or three thousand dollars, you know, you're probably not going to go back to the bank, um, but but it will be an option that people can do.
0: Okay, so that there's some options there, I guess, to kind of increase some some cash flow if you need to. Um, yep okay so now let's talk about this so in cfap they've had they had some dollars per acre things thrown around there and they kind of re to that again in this in this new bill talk about that a little bit and what you see there
1: yeah i haven't dug into this a ton but um you know just looking at some other other sources that are out there but it is this 20 dollars per acre payment so this you know isn't really part of the you know a tax bill or anything it's just part of you know another part of the bill 20 dollars per acre payment Um, based on your 2020 crop year. So um, we think it's probably going to be similar to the CFAP 2, which is a very simplified process. You know, it wasn't, it didn't depend on how much grain was sold or unpriced or, you know, some all that you remember all that, that was kind of the CFAP 1 stuff. There was some confusion about that. CFAP 2 was pretty quick. You know, it was just a certain, you know, uh, pennies per bushel kind of concept. Uh, Although the minimum I believe is $15 an acre. Now for this, you know, iteration that's in this bill that's passed here, it's going to be $20 an acre. And then there is some additional uh, relief to like livestock producers who may have have had to euthanize their stock, you know, as a result of supply chain disruptions. So, but a lot more to unpack there. It's, it's a, there's a number of pages on that, but I think the main thing would be this $20 per acre uh, is, is in the bill. Okay so what kind of impact do you think that'll do i mean do you, do you really have much
0: i mean i guess there's really not enough out there to really kind of hone that in but what are your thoughts there i mean is that something that you see a huge impact for a taxable situation there
1: or kind of your well, thoughts? It's, i don't i mean i don't think it's going to get paid here by the end of the year mm-hmm. um so you know it'll be something that will get paid next year i assume although you know i suppose anything's possible but i would assume that it'll get paid next year so it's really not a you know not a 2020 planning consideration other than just to know, you know, Hey, we got this much kind of income that we'll have next year. Right. Right. So obviously
0: you need to go talk to your um, tax professionals about, about the stuff we're talking about here and what this looks like. But Glenn, as you take a look at, you know, with, you know, six, eight days to go um, before the end of the year, what does this look like for the, for the tax returns that you've done so thus far this year for 20? and this stuff that came out today how much is that going to change what what you see happening as far as what you need to do for the 2020 tax season
1: well it's a good question um it's you know it's hard to answer because we you know the bill still hasn't been signed yet right um so you know and the ppp deductibility was you know going to be the major headline here and you know we still you know think that it'll it'll eventually pass you know i guess you know but if it passes you know next year you know early in the year then how you know There's a there's a little bit of uncertainty, but as we've talked before, you know, farmers that are you know cash basis do have you know the ability to 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 be quite flexible with their income. If 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 you have sold grain in the fall, you know fall delivery, and you're just not taking your money until January, you know January pay. There are ways to you know retroactively. You know we could be talking in February march and and elect to push that income back into the year so you know farmers that i'm dealing with some of them have got that flexibility you know where we we know we can probably get back to where we want to be even if we don't really know exactly what that is right now Um, but in other situations you know you've just gotta you've still got the depreciation lever to pull you know where i can take a lot of depreciation if i want or, or take not as much so, but it, it does make it hard to plan because you know we thought we'd be able to be very clear with people that hey, you know PPP money is going to be tax free, and still think that's eventually going to happen. But you know, you'd like to see that signed, right, in the, right. In the bill. So it's kind of hard, and you know, we we already started calling clients, obviously, and we we've, we've actually signature year we got a webinar at noon today that we're you know prepared to put on, but you know we're just going to have to put a disclaimer on it that hey, you know this is this is not signed in yet, right. It's a lot of,
0: a lot of good stuff in there that can really change people's tax situation. That just
1: needs to get passed, and then once it gets passed, yeah. there's a there's a whole new window of, of things to look as at. we've talked, you know, January fifteenth is you know the the estimate deadline. That's a fourth quarter estimate deadline. That's also a deadline for farmers who haven't paid any quarterly estimates. You know, you make one one estimate January fifteenth. So that's you know that'll be really where the rubber meets the road is if we still don't have clarity by January 15th, so. Yeah.
0: Well, good stuff as usual, Glenn. Anything else you want to hit on before we shut it down here?
1: You know, I think that's, you know, other than, one other thing is they do have in the bill that meals, business meals, um, you know, those are meals that are provided by a restaurant, it says in this bill, so. Um, assuming that, you know we can keep our restaurants going, but meals will be 100% deductible. So right now they're 50% deductible, but they will be 100% deductible in 2021 and 2022. So this oh, wow. this would okay. not affect 2020, but something for 2021 and 2022 to keep in mind. Um, you know, I think it's a way to hopefully encourage people to get back to doing restaurant meetings, but you know, big mm-hmm. business meetings probably more designed for the bigger corporations. Too. Yeah. I guess, maybe incentivize them to do, you know, do things um, in 2021 and 2022 to, to, you know, keep the hotels and the restaurants going. So so that's that's part of this bill as well. Because
0: that was a pretty big change uh, in, I wow, don't whenever it was, 2019 or 18 or whenever they passed that last big um Tax reform bill, right? Because that was uh, something that yeah. was not deductible, so, correct?
1: Yeah, glad you brought that up. Because meals, meals have always been fifty percent deductible, and you know, I guess they will be one hundred percent deductible in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. But what changed in with tax reform? So, started in twenty eighteen was that entertainment, so like the sporting tickets and those type of things, luxury boxes, those types of things. You know, before entertainment was fifty percent deductible, and right now, you know, started in eighteen, it's zero uh, percent deductible. So the entertainment provision has not been changed. Okay. Um, so, but then the meals provision was was enhanced, if that gotcha. makes sense. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. Good stuff. All right,
0: Glenn, great stuff there as usual. Uh, folks want to reach out to you and get more information about Sickich and what they can do or just get some more clarification on what we're talking about here. What's the best way to do that?
1: Yeah, it's best to call our office here in East Peoria, which is around based out of 309 uh, 694 four two five one is the office number and they'll they'll ring over to me i'll be happy to talk to anyone and then you can always look me up on twitter at glenn Burnbaum is my handle and then of course go to the sickage website com. that's s-i-k-i-c-h and you can stay up to date on the latest and uh, even sign up for this this uh, webinar at noon today if if you still have time And and it will be recorded as well so
0: Outstanding. Well, Glenn, I appreciate you being on the podcast. I'm Casey Seymour with Moving Iron Podcast. If you want to reach out to me, hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find all the information there about the podcast and as well as any blogs I have written. Also, go to my website, movingironllc.com. There you can find the latest editions of the podcast, Moving Iron blog, and all the information about the Moving Iron Summit coming up in Nashville, Tennessee, September 15th through the 17th uh, i had to postpone that from january just because of what's going on with COVID here but hopefully this fall things will be great make sure you check out the Dryland farmer podcast Sprint lander and great friends of mine and they uh put on a pretty entertaining podcast there as well so with that i am casey seymour with glenn bernbaum let's go move some iron folks out
1: Over in,
0: iron, in the 21st century